Hi guys, it's Stace Bob here. I'm just taking a moment at the start of the episode to say a massive, massive sorry. Basically, this episode has just been an absolute pain in my arse. There's been delays because of other people being unwell, or their internet being shit, or my internet being shit. Then my microphone broke, and um, I bought a new one. Thought everything was cracking, job done, sorted. And uh, unfortunately, the entire episode I recorded fairly last minute yesterday with my husband somehow got recorded on the new mic and also through the built-in microphone on my laptop. So it sounds like I've recorded it in a tin can that's occasionally getting submerged underwater. It's fucking terrible. Unfortunately, I didn't have the time to record another one and then edit it and get it out for this month. So basically, I've put it here for you to have a crack at. If you don't make it through, I can completely understand it's really bad and I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm hoping to make it up to you by doing another episode maybe next week or the week after as a sort of bonus slash apology. But the one thing I did want to say is that I did a review of a comic book by a friend of mine called Jenny Gilblad uh, called Skull during this episode and I just really wanted to pimp it at the start of this because um basically everything else me and Rich talked about was fairly like big budget Hollywood movies and you know, TV shows everybody already knows and loves and comics that are fairly well known. So I just really wanted to make a point of pushing Skull because it's beautiful. Um, Jenny puts so much effort into her watercolours and it's so intricate and beautiful and it really deserves a proper review, which I guess I'll do <laughs> another day because I'm too sad right now listening to my sad underwater warblings. Um, so yeah, have a go at this episode, but I won't be offended if you skip it. <laughs> Sorry again. You are killing me and everything you love about me. You make it harder and harder and harder on me. And you ain't telling me, telling me much that you love me. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 47 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. This is the episode that almost wasn't, because the universe conspired against me by, like, making my potential guests be sick, or have failing internet, or by then smashing my microphone, which makes me a sad panda. But it's all gravy now, because I went to Maplin like an hour ago, and got a shiny new mic, and also a pop guard. So if I say lots of peas really close by, you probably won't notice, maybe? Anyway... Joining me in the kitchen this time is uh, the return of my lovely Hubble. I feel like you were here on the last episode. Oh, honestly, never know. <laughs> I think I'll hear about September as well. Yeah, wait to do the Lord. Just, just when people drop out or yeah. do stuff, they do with me start to live here. And you love me? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is Rich. He's my husband. He's here to talk about pop culture and that. And, um, Basically, it saves you from listening to me try and talk to myself, which is terrible. So, Rich, Bears. what have you done or seen or read or looked at or bought a anyway? bear? You haven't bought a bear. I didn't bite a bear. You're not in my bed. I did watch a film about bears. 
or I bear. I was going to say bears. Yeah, well, there's some hairy men in it. Yeah, yeah, The Revenant is a film that a lot of people are are raving by um, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I almost started singing Alejandro the Lady Gaga, Um, but I thought I'd save you all the trouble. She filmed Stanley, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Donald Gleeson, and Will. Halter. And a bear. Halter. Halter. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, some people are hunting, and one of them gets in a fight with a bear. The bear dies, but no one really wins in that in a fight with a bear. No. So he then gets left behind by a certain person in his team, and he tries to recover and get revenge and that kind of thing. And it's getting a lot of massive rave reviews for Leo's performance. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is Leo going. Uh, 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 and him crawling across some snow and then going. Uh, uh, my son. Um, there was a lot of crawling in the movie. I don't mind the film. I don't get the weird plaudits for the acting in it. Yeah. And everyone's fine in it. No one's bad, but it's an odd. I had an odd. one for acting plaudits. <laughs> I had an odd complaint about this movie. Didn't know whilst we were watching it that I didn't feel like the bear attack was real. <laughs> I need to quantify that by saying that <laughs> I understand that they're not going to get a real life grizzly to straight up chow down on Leonardo DiCaprio's buns. But it looked almost laughable. I thought it was fine because they actually apparently dragged him around with real, real rope. It wasn't like the a. The dragging looked fine, it was the bear. It wasn't like a just pretend the bear's fighting you and roll around on the floor. Um, Look at this mop with a tennis ball on the end. Well, I thought it was fine. The bear fighting a man. Um, the alternative is a bloke in a bear suit. Yes. <laughs> That would be kind of brilliant. It would be more amusing. Don't, don't pretend it would be good. The film is very um, long. Um, long. <laughs> it's not actually as long as I thought. Compared to some other films I've watched lately that are longer but don't see it. There's a lot of bits where it's just look at outside and then 10 minutes later you'll hear the other go. I feel like this film was using the same filters that Man of Steel does to make everything look just that little bit more grey. A little bit more grim. Mm, maybe. It's a grim. Room landscape in it, at least. That's true. As opposed to a big city. The best thing to come out of the Revenant was when it first started getting screened last year, and people were going, Oh, Leo gets raped by a bear. <laughs> and he doesn't, but that meant that the film studio had to literally issue a statement that said Leonardo DiCaprio does not get raped by a bear in their movie. <laughs> Which is something that you don't think you're going to see. <laughs> to be fair, that bear was focusing on his guns. It wasn't. He, he was straight up on the buns. Who was he? When? He kept, he kept chowing down on his buns all the time. And then he stepped on his head. That looked painful. I and, think I'd like to And I think he kept him turning him over because I assume that's what bears do. If you turn another bear over when you're attacking it, it can't attack you back. Well, that makes sense. I assume that. I don't think. If no one had said Leo gets raped in this film, you wouldn't be watching it going, <laughs> that bear looks a bit like, you know. A bit rapey. A bit rapey. <laughs> I think that this film was alright. It's got a really, like, grim soundtrack. It's entirely grim. There so, is nothing positive at Somebody said to me, oh, if you like soundtracks, get the Revenant. And I feel like if I listened to that independently of the movie, I'd probably kill myself at the end. I don't know. It's quite same movie, I imagine. Yeah. But I don't know who done the soundtrack, actually. I didn't look it up. Can I say something that's probably quite mean? Well, If I was in Leonardo DiCaprio's party of poops, I don't think I'd even bother with 
trying to stitch you up and shit. I'd have just been like, oh man, I'm sorry, that bear got you. See you later, mate. Yeah, but without proper spoilers, the reason why he gets left is bullshit. Yeah. It's not like everyone went there. I'd have left him well before then, is what I'm saying. Like, I'd have been like, why are we wasting time? No, but the point is, the group aren't wasting time on him. They offer money for someone to look after him until he dies to give a proper burial, and then Tom Hardy can't even be able to do that. That was Tom Hardy? Yes. Wow, he looked Well, A, he's in the credits. <laughs> B, it's Tom Hardy. Like, five minutes ago, I said starring Leo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Donald Gleeson, and no, I just, I just, I totally blanked on the same Tom Hardy, because I didn't remember him being in the movie, Jeez. Jimmy Cookie. He's got that book. Anyway. He's got a lot of comb over it as well. Okay. Yeah, he's got really long hair. He's got a massive bobby shark. <laughs> Fair play. It's Tom Hardy. It's he's all Tom Hardy. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But he's yeah. Tom Hardy. Do you think he is? What? He's really different in stuff. Really? No, no, no. The craze. Not that I've seen it. Or what that film is about the craze. That seems terrible. And I'm never probably going to watch but you've not seen it, so that's no. a really, really but poor example. in the trailers, he looks like he's doing two different things at once because he's in both of them. Yeah, but he looks like he's playing two characters out of Bratbox. <laughs> Bratbox, <laughs> Tom Hardy, when he's in big films like this, tends to be Tom Hardy. Like, he's always a bit of an arrogant dick who is selfish and all this stuff. And then when he was little films like Locke, where he's a Welsh bloke with a coal, he sticks Tom out. I still need to watch that film. Yeah, you do, but he's great in it. It's what, I don't know. Is that not a film of a man in a car? I've just said there's not much happening in it. Yeah. Yeah, the car's in his well, I've been talking about car map and everything. No. Really good. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> that sounds terrible. Really good film. Better than The Revenant. Ooh. I'm sure I'll show maybe. Not really, it got really good reviews. <laughs> no, I meant because everybody's all like, oh, The Revenant, jeez. Yeah, I, I think Revenant's getting very positive reviews, but some people don't like it. The Revenant. Is a movie. What we've, seen. we've seen lots of movies. You did a thing, didn't you, accidentally, and now it's become an actual thing, whereby you're trying to watch a film a day, at least. For yeah, and that's, 366 films. That's yeah. crazy turn banana thing. Yeah, I'm So it's near the 25th. Have you watched 25 movies? I've watched 28 films. That's ridiculous. Did we even see that many films last year? No, I think I saw about 45 this year. Did we? Yeah. Oh. And that involves me watching Stepmother's about six times. <laughs> Mate, that counts as separate films every time because it's so fucking good. I've watched it once this year That's true. Was that? No, that wasn't for podcast research, was it? Because that was before Christmas. Yeah, I did for Pick a Flick. Oh, I did my quiz thing. Anyway, I'm going to talk about a film, what we guys watched. Which one should I talk about? Do, 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 the Voices? How do you feel about The Voices? Well, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Alright, The Voices is a film with Warren Reynolds, which means that I'm almost automatically on board. Um, I say almost because wasn't he in Change Up or whatever that terrible film was called where he swapped bobs with Jason? There's a lot of Bang. terrible films. Name me a genuinely good woman I've done saw before this. Um, genuinely good. Not like... Buried? Oh, that's average. At best. Oh, I think that's genuinely good. Oh, come on. Um, I'm struggling to think of one he's even in. That's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, a, I'm a defender of Green Lantern, but it's still cat. Oh yeah, in the grand scheme of film, it's cack, but it's alright. No, full green, origin, cack. Not cack. It's not genuinely good though, so um, I can't cite it. Van Wilder or whatever that Never seen one. it. Cack. Seems cack. Blade Trinity, cack. No, that's a good film. No, it's not a no, good film. No, it is a good film. No, it's not a good film. He uses film. the word thundercrunch. Right, and you Triple H runs around being bad at If you enjoy the film, that's different to a really good film. Anyway, anyway that's not what I'm talking about. Not one so, 
this is <laughs> it should be. Um, or not based on the fact that I don't seem to know what a film to do. <clears throat> so this is a film in which he plays like a sort of lovable plonker kind of thing. He is lovable. No, he's adorable. Everybody thinks like he's really happy and cheery and everybody thinks he's a little bit weird. But also his animals talk to him and um the cat in particular seems to tell him to do like really terrible awful stuff to other people. Spoilers, he sort of inadvertently ends up killing a bird. That was accidental, wasn't it, that time? Yeah, but yeah. And then things sort of spiral out of control. It's um wonderfully weird, I think it's probably the best way I could put it. I'd say it's a lot less weird than I assumed. Oh no, I th- I'd see I I don't know what I was expecting beforehand, so I think it was... The, the, the trailer's made it just seem like, ah, look at Ryan, I've been told to kill Good Boy's cat, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, and it's not what, it is funny a bit, but not like that kind of film. No, it isn't as funny. It reverts to seriousness when it's not his delusion. I, that, I was going to say, that's the one thing that I really like today, is it does give you hints of what the world is actually like, as opposed to how he sees the world, because like, there's quite a lot of points in the film where he's killed someone, and you think, one's in his house covered in like blood and guts and bits and bobs and then you see flashes of oh it actually really <laughs> it's a dark comedy and i that's not as comedic as perhaps it should be but no i think it's comedic enough i really enjoyed it i think he was amazing and he he does the voices of his dog and his cat and i think he was amazing at that too <laughs> no but like can you do a strong scottish accent neither could he them? he could he based that on a friend of his, apparently. It was nearly as bad as Shrek. So I know that. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. He was all right. He's massive. He I have no real idea of what Scottish people say. <laughs> Not all that. <laughs> I don't know why his cat was Scottish. Like, if he'd have had a Scottish terrier as a dog, that'd make more sense. Yeah. But he had a Scottish cat. What kind of dog did he have? Because it had an almost southern accent. It was a massive accent, dog. Like big, it was a really dopey big looking dog. dog. It was bigger than Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's in it too. She's good. I like her. Anna Kendrick and Kevin Austin and someone else vaguely well known, I think. But I can't remember. I don't even know what I'm like for names and places. And, and I didn't know Tom Hardy was in the other one when I watched it the other time. <laughs> <laughs> but why did you marry me again? <laughs> the voices, I liked it. Two thumbs up from me. That's what I'll say to that. Good. What? You don't seem to have voiced on whether or not you liked it, you just sort no, of... No, I have. Really? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Go on then. Oh, what what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> You've spent like 10 seconds talking about that. Well, I don't, the thing is, I don't want to give away too much. So, really, other than saying that I think that I really enjoyed it and I thought Ryan Reynolds was amazing in it, there's not a fat lot else I can find. Fair enough. The only thing was, I couldn't figure out what era it was supposed to be set in. Because it looked, I know he was living over a disused bowling alley that was supposed to look very 50s, but a lot of people in it looked almost 50s style, but then they were using phones and talking about Facebook. Because it's blatantly just sitting there. It didn't seem like it. Like the factory that he worked at seemed very cheesy 50s. I don't know. I don't know what the 50s were like. I wasn't there. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know like what, you fa- what you know factories would be like. Oh, all right. Next film. And also, he worked in a factory and he was wearing this really clean, bright pink. That you think that's not what it looked like at all. Yeah, that's probably not what it looked like. There you go. Oh, I'm so slow. Mate. <laughs> you can watch it again so you can understand it. <laughs> Would that count as another film? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I watched um, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Who <clears throat> are? Um, starring Samuel Jackson, Kurt Russell, Michael Madsen, Walton Goggins, Jennifer Jason Lee. I'm sorry, backtrack. Walton Goggins, Walton Goggins is a real person. Yeah. Name. 
Goggins. Uh, Tim Roth, Bruce Dern, and that no way of reading this that Lawrence Dern. Damien Bircher? Beecher? No, no idea. Um, yeah, uh, Kate Russell plays a band of also known as the hangman because he hangs people. Um, you've got Billy Jason Lee as his venti, and spots Samuel Jackson on the side of the road, who needs a lift in the snow, and he's talking cart, and blah, 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 blah. I think most people can kind of guess the plot. If you don't know what this comes about, you don't care about anyone, anyway, mate. Because it's Tarantino. <laughs> quite, you either like Tarantino, you he's got to hate Tarantino, yeah. Mm. So yeah, they get to this haberdashery, and there's a load of strangers there, and Kurt Russell's like, oh, I think something like is going on here. And it's like a stage play from now on in for the next three hours, or two and a half hours. Um, fucking brilliant. Okay. It's... <clears throat> worth all the hype. Definitely. It's probably my second favourite Tarantino film, behind Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> but it's just how you can have a film that's shot in a very small wooden hood for the best part of three hours. It looks so brilliant and mm. shot so well is amazing. Um, all the performances are great. Apart from Michael Madsen, but as far as Michael Madsen goes, that's probably as good as he's ever going to do. <laughs> what do I know him from? From Reservoir Dogs and <laughs> all the other Kill Bill. <laughs> oh, who is he in Kill Bill? Um, Not Bill. No, <laughs> uh, I think I think he's probably Bill's brother. He's got a lot of long hair in it. Um, I don't I think it's, it's been a long time since I've seen him. The one in a trailer. Um, he played Bruce Willis' partner in Kill Bill. Yes, okay, I'm there, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he just played Michael Madsen with long hair, with <laughs> hat. Um, I particularly like Tim Roth, I don't think he'd get enough credit for him, funny you want Because a lot of the projects are going to, um, quite rightly, Jason Jason Lee, who's been nominated for a lot of things for Netflix. Um, and Samuel Jackson, who probably the best I've seen him, because I'm not a Samuel fan, normally. Plus, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are not giving Kurt Russell enough credit for being. A vaguely likeable, horrible piece of shit. <laughs> but you still watch it going, yeah, but you can't look And that's what it's about. It's about the performances, and it's, it's called The Hateful Eight. So a lot of people have said, oh, they're all horrible people. Oh, yeah, I that was the point, yeah. It's called The Hateful Eight. <laughs> it might as well have been eight called Eight main cast members <laughs> are all fuckwits and arseholes. And... <laughs> so, you know, it's very much... If you've been offended by the, the language that Tarantino using the fact it will not make it any better for you. Yeah. And it has that problem that um, I have that I mentioned to you before with Tarantino films. Is there's that much blood at some times that it becomes ridiculous. Because mm. it's not like over the top in a com- comedic way. It's just a bit too much. And then you mm. end up thinking, there's a lot of blood there. Is everyone not dead? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't do any actual spoilers, but I think like Reservoir Dog Green Tim Roth just bleeds for an hour and a half. Yeah, and I don't think like that's a thing that he red all over, and you just go in after a while. Yeah. It's a bit covered in blood. Um, it makes me feel uncomfortable because if I was that covered in anything, I'd want to go and have a bath. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's blood or not. Like, yeah, I'd just be like, oh, I feel gross. The real world yeah. application is you start thinking, I'm going to be for hours drenched in this crap. Um, but that's probably my only complaint at the time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it was over three hours and it flew by. I thought. Um, takes about 34 minutes to actually get to where the film really takes place, and it's like in that blue bar. Um, there's some very awkward humour at times, and it's been claimed that it's slightly misogynistic, it, but I've, I've not I don't seen think it, that's it in Kent. 
I also think isn't it set in a time where you can you can sort of let the the racism and the misogyny slide a bit? Yes and no. It depends how you portray the people. Mm -hmm. But in no way does anyone ever say anyone's right. But Jennifer Jason's character as Daisy is not getting hit or verbally abused because she's a woman. It's because she's a criminal. Mm -hmm. In the implication is that's what um, would happen to her, whether that that bounty was man or woman. So. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got distracted because there were blue lights going past, but I think it was a police car going towards the floor. Ah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, hateful Eight, so it yeah. comes up. And the, the score by Andy Armory is coming with Megan. Is he the one who does all the westerns and that? Mm. And he's done Tarantino, he's done Django, and then said he never worked with Tarantino again. Yeah. <laughs> did he see like this film and think, ah, oh, this is possibly the one? Yeah, he probably just talked him into it, isn't it? But yeah, he won the Golden Globe and he'd been nominated for an Oscar for the same time. I think I think the film has been harder into it than the Oscars to be fair. I think it should have been up for best picture. It should have definitely been up for best director. And I'm surprised Samuel Jackson, especially considering the um, diversity issues, now Courtney Rose was going around hasn't or wasn't at least considered the nomination for best actor. Mm. I have problems with him in the sense that I feel like he's another. He reminds me of Helena Bonham Carter in that he's never a character. He's just Samuel L. Jackson as like she's always Helena Bonham Carter yeah. as. Is that? Isn't any less like that here? At times, yes. It's very different. Mm -hmm. um, but he's still, he's Jackson in a Tarantino film, so he's there for that reason, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose. You know, his, his career's been built around um, pop fiction, so <laughs> yeah. not really changed now. But there's a lot more to this this character, and he's less of comedic relief or just mm -hmm. potential badass or um, hate fights, three thumbs up. Ooh, where'd you get your extra thumbs from? Um, I've stolen it from thumb shop. <laughs> okay, moving on to something that possibly couldn't be more further from Hateful Eight, like if you tried, to the Peanuts movie. That's the film, what we saw. Now, we're probably going to have a bit slightly different opinions on this because my only knowledge, like, knowledge before this of Peanuts is like maybe three or four strips that I've read and the cute little Christmas special magic. So I'm not 100% up on the history of peanuts and the characters and whatnot. And, but I thought this film was pretty cracking. The animation was lovely, I think. The story was adorable. And I kind of love the fact that the movie didn't shy away from having a very, very obviously anxious, possibly depressive character as its main child. And yeah, you, you can't have a Charlie Brown story without it being full of anxiety. And, yeah, and, no, I'm, and sadness. And I get that, but I, I was concerned that they'd turn that down quite a bit because it's a kid's film and it's you know, do we want to show a kid being really socially awkward and not really knowing his place and being a bit sad, panda? But I don't think they showed away from that at all, and I actually really enjoyed it because it felt refreshing to have a lead character who's not like Superman. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not inside out. It's not going into the depths of mm. problems that kids have. It's definitely a, definitely a peanut way of living with things. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I was never big on this to start with because Peanuts is at Schultz and Peanuts. Yeah. Um, but I did do a very good job. And I think the most impressive thing was it's Peanuts is a very stylized 2D way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And this is a 3D CGI movie and it still looks like it's set in that world. Mm -hmm. It still deals with the fact that Charlie Brown apparently is a ball. He's <laughs> <laughs> got some hair. Yeah, no. In fact, it has a full head of hair for the film. But they're still animated looking well. Uh, Snoopy's great in it. I think, oh, he's wonderful. Um, 
yeah, there's the redhead girl with it, and you pull the coat. Yeah, it was it's very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It's peanuts, and they've done, done a good job with it. I think they did a really good job with the voice casting as well, because it's one of those properties that I think a lot of people could be quite precious over. Um, and like I said, I mean, I haven't seen much more than the Christmas special and stuff, but I feel like they did a good job of sort of replicating that. I think it's quite clever as well that they didn't cast an issue, but they just used samples from mm-hmm. their old shows and their old specials. Because you don't want an up-to-date, you want that snoopy book. Yeah. So weird noises. I was going to say, he's barely got a voice, yeah. and you kind of want it to be... Um, but I don't know who played Charlie Brown, because it wasn't well-known voice actors. No, no, not so Um But he did a really good job of, not really an impression of the old voice, but similar enough mm-hmm. so you don't realise it's different when you think about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I really enjoyed it. And I love, I absolutely love the piano soundtracks. Um, I don't know who, I should have looked this up beforehand, some terrible, but I don't know who did them. Um, but there were some obvious samples that I noticed something the Christmas. Oh, there's the Vincent Grail that's just still in there. Yeah. Um, but it's all very reminiscent of that as well. It was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Peanut. I give it two thumbs up as well. You just called the peanut movie. I think so, yeah. That's so weird. You don't really describe what's going on. No. I imagine children today aren't going, where is the peanuts movie? Fucking hell, peanuts, get in. Yeah. yeah probably not. I was, I was surprised they didn't go for more of a, a Snoopy leg film because at least everyone knows who Snoopy is. Yeah, and he's a Uh Yeah, I would say if you've got kids, take them to school. And if you haven't, just watch it anyway because it's so cute. Thumbs up, two of them. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up for Snoopy. No. <laughs> Your turn. Um, last film we talked about is Creed, uh, written and directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Michael B. Jordan um, as the son of Apollo Creed, Donnie Creed, or Adonis. I fucking no, that's not um, a name. Yeah, but neither Apollo. That's makes not, sense. Yeah, that's all right. Think about it. Um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone reprised his role as Rocky Balboa and some other people, including Tony Bellew. Bellew? So he's an actual scout boxer playing the villain boxer. Oh, I thought he was. That seemed pretty old. Yeah, he's a genuine arsehole boxer. Yeah, he seemed like an old. Um, and, yeah, I've not spoiled it anyway. I was going to say something really <laughs> brilliant at the end of the film. Yeah, I was just um, thinking. That is absolutely brilliant because I didn't think it would be any good. <laughs> but people going on a better good slide with it. And I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. I'll watch slide. I'm going to say, when I heard people talking about how good he was in it, I was really sceptical because I, I mean, do you want to hear a space fact? Right. I've not seen any of the Rocky movies. Apart from the fact we watched Rocky 1 about a year and a half ago, we have. Not, well, you sat on the phone not paying attention. Well, there you go, I haven't watched on. it, have I? So I haven't watched any of the Rocky movies, and everything I've seen him in, like, within the past few years, and I'm talking about, like, Expendables and stuff, he seemed terrible, like, like a piece of wood that was voiced by someone else would do a much better job at having the The thing with Sly is, if you look at the first Rocky, and even the first Blood film, and stuff like Copland and Neil Creed, you watch him and you go, oh yeah, Arnie could never do this. Mm. At all. Like, so you, you can compare them as, as big 80s actor stars, but when Sly actually acts and has got the decent script to act, mm. you can. It's just that he chooses not to a lot. I'm not convinced if he was, if, mm. if he's still making money, but he's brilliant in this. He's Won the Critics' Choice Award and Garland Globe for Best Supporting Actor and nominated for the Academy Award as well, which would be very interesting if you won that. Oh, have I heard because right? You could win that and then make the worst I'm ever in Expendable for straight away. <laughs> you could. You could. Um, have I heard correctly that the director of this is possibly going to be the director of Black Panther? I think that's been confirmed. Oh, okay. I've seen a lot of things that 
happy, but sad that the Creed sequel won't have Ron Turner on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's going to be a Creed sequel. Yeah. Oh, this film is popular as fuck. <laughs> Why wouldn't there be a sequel? There are six Rockies. to everything now. Yeah. Make it a trilogy, fuck it, and split the last one. Oh, I'm happy, but when I put a sequel to this, because um, the plot really is, um, he's got quite a cushy life. He was adopted by um, Apollo Creed's widow. Um, oh, spoilers for like when I was watching the film, Apollo Creed died. Um, no! <laughs> um, but he knows about his dad and like studied his dad's case so he wants to be a boxer and gets moved to Philly to get Rocky's training when they own the restaurant or run the restaurant. I assume it's his restaurant. It's Rocky Is it still a restaurant? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he pays on his, you know, bit of a guilt trip. He's like, oh, what, you know, oh, pick up my dad's dick. Rocky's my dad's dick. Come on, help me out, man. And, um, you know, your wife's dead and your old friend is dead as well. Oh, imagine that. Oh, imagine so, you know. But then, yeah, he does help him out in the end. And other things then happen. And, yeah, the fight. Somehow, because when they find out that he is a Polo Creed son, that's when um, the promoters go, well, I want to give him a title fight because, fucking hell, it's a big news, even though he's probably shit and get lamps. <laughs> um, but at least it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, giving someone a fight because they've got a big name is very reminiscent of a lot of boxing and, and then they like to is there a reason why that fight is at Goodison Park? In reality, it's because Tony Bellew is an Everton fan, and so is Sly Stallone. Ah, is he? Yeah. Wow, I did that at when? So, the fight, because if you were going to fight an English champion, you know, mm. world champion in English, you would come over here if you were a challenger like that. Yeah. So it would probably happen at Wembley. Well, I was going to say, that's what I thought. I thought was Wembley too expensive. Or maybe or... an Old Trafford or somewhere, but <clears> it was at Goodison because... With Sly being, for some reason, never been fan. Don't know why. I want to find out why. Um, That's like Kevin Costner's a Villa fan. Is he? Yep. But he's regretting that choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and Tony Bellew is like an Everton fan, and I think he's been on the pitch and stuff at time. And they actually filmed half time between Everton and West Bromwich Albion last season, don't they? Oh. The actual scenes of the crowd just cheering. <laughs> and then the rest is obviously CDO. <laughs> they didn't have them go out there and fight. Yeah. I think Sly was there and went, <laughs> and then they all cheered. Um, they waved some scarf and stuff. And in the film, apparently, you can see Roberto Martinez going, Yay! I didn't spot him. Aww. But that would be fun. And yeah, Creed. Michael B. Jones really good considering he was in one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. I was just going to say, we're going to gloss over the fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so he redeemed himself a bit here. Right. And so he's in something else and I'm really mm. looking forward to. Um, Forgot what that is, so. No, no idea. Creed. Creed? Not the 90s Christian rock band Creed. Were they Christian? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. All the songs were about Jesus. Were they? Yeah. What were their songs? For some reason, it's been a while popped in my head, but that's stained. (laughs) Their songs are all about weed. It's been a while. Um, Creed were like, my shape were fire. That's the only one I can remember. Just go along. Yeah, they're fucking (laughs) terrible. But then the half of Creed, like Creed got a different singer and became that other band, um, or who done EGC music, uh, Alter Bridge. Ah, oh no, well, well they're better than Creed. Are they also? No, it's the normal band. Oh, fuck that. Um, this is a random aside. Um, I'm going to talk about one more film. You saw it too, so you can put in some points. Uh, Sisters. Which, sister, sister. Yeah, sister. sister. They've done a film reboot of the <laughs> yeah. big show, Sister, Sister. sister, sister. And uh, it's great. Um, no, this is a film about Tina Fey. Why did I just blank on her name? It is Fey. Hmm? 
and Amy Poehler being sisters, and they're basically thrown a massive party uh, for reasons. I don't want to go too much into it, and it's uh, it's really fucking funny. I don't know what I was expecting from this, even though I like both of those people and a lot of their comedy and the rest of what they're feeling. You don't normally like Amy Poehler in anything. I do. Maybe something Except like as Leslie Nope, I just don't well, like Leslie Nope. What else have you seen in a minute you like her in? I can't think of things right now. She was good in Inside Out. <laughs> the, the only film I'd made together before was called Baby Mama and it was fucking garbage. Absolute wank stains in the film. <laughs> wow. That should have been I thought this was great. It might possibly be because Bobby Moynihan running around like off his face on something is the greatest thing I've ever seen. He's wonderful. Why isn't he more things? That's a question. Because I think he only has two characters officially. Yeah. But the the shy they're all socially awkward. But one's a bit shy and might murder you and the other one is like, ha ha, we're fast clown. I don't think you've got anything else in your arsenal. But those two are so great and he does them mm. so well. No, he should stay in his wheelhouse. I kind of loved before he was on drugs as well and he was just dropping terrible one liners oh, around the everyone's um, there's plenty of people in this who are good. There is my Rudolph in it. Um, John Cena's in it. John Cena's in it. Not think. being terrible. No, no, I thought he was really good. He was in wreck as well. Um, oh yeah, he was. Yeah. I keep forgetting he was in that. The only thing I could think of that he was in was Twelve Wings, and that's all. Oh yeah, that's guess. terrible. When that, you have a John a WWE movie. film, that's not not that good. Wasn't there Twelve Wings too, which was seen? I think so. Yeah, I think they've all got. He wasn't in that. No, no, no. Was it a different wrestler? Probably right, the Mies yeah. or Dean Ambrose or Randy Orton. Imagine if it was the I hate the Mies. I know they're going to make a full Marine sequel, and I think Mies was one of them. Yeah. And Randy Orton was supposed to be in it, and then someone pointed out in real life he's actually gone MIA from the Marine because he's a piece of shit coward. Oh, yeah. um, so they're like, well, that's probably a bad idea really, to, yeah. to do that. Um, the Mies isn't believable as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I can't. I've never can't, seen a map though, neither have you. That's what looks to me. <laughs> and putting over, you know, beefs and that, what they're called. Beast. <laughs> Alright. You say that, but Hulk Hogan's one of the most successful wrestlers ever, but you've seen him act in a film. It's not the same. But yeah, the Miz could be in a normal film and you could be like, where? Well done, Mike Miz in a Bring you. But anyway, um, anyway well, someone else got bent in it. Um, who was the one who um, had the thing? Someone had the thing. The mum and dad are quite well known. Yeah, I can't remember who they were. I want to say it was Shirley McLean and. The old Broly, his name I forgot. Not much. Oh, what's his name? I have no idea. <laughs> Josh Broly's dad. Broly singer. Um, they're in it, they're good, and yeah. It's really funny. Like a lot fun. I don't know why I was going into it expecting it to not be that funny. Um, but it was funnier than I was anticipating. And not really what I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to be about mostly about a house boss. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Because yeah, the trailers didn't make I'm really it. tell you what it's about, there. Yeah, it was just like, here's two sisters, have a laugh. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll check that out. Good. I liked it. You were alright. I laughed, I think. I laughed it, more than did five it pass, times. I was going to say, did it pass commodes followed by laughing? Yeah, commode, not commode. Commode, yeah. Commode, not commode. <laughs> Is commode a toilet seat? Yes. Commode. Oh, commode. Like Kermit the Frog. Go on then, yeah. Um, yeah, I laughed more than five times. It was funny. I do like Tina Fey and Paul and with Maya Rudolph and bits of Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> <laughs> no, all of Bobby's delightful Moynihan. But there are quite a few people in as well where you go, oh, he's from that thing. Oh, she's from that thing. Mm-hmm. And like, 
the sister from Manseki Woman in it, and you go, oh, look, it's yeah. the sister from Manseki Woman. Who was that lady who, who did a stick in it, and she was quite old, and she was really upset about being old? Ginger hair. What? Played John Oliver's wife in oh, I don't know her last name. week tonight. That's just what you knew her from. I think she's ginger, isn't it? Is she not really ginger? Yeah, she was ginger in that one. Was she oh, red hair? I didn't think so. No, I'm sure she had red hair. Yeah. Anyway, that's irrelevant. And not Rachel Drack. Well done. There you go. I like Sister. Thumbs up for that as well. All the thumbs this week. For the reboot of Sister Sister. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that's, there's reruns of that on the TV nowadays. On the music channel. Yeah, which and is probably really And Teenage Witch. And Marisha. Lots of Marisha as well. Marisha makes sense on the music channel though, because at least she became a singer. Did she? Brando. Oh, I thought you meant in the show. I thought I thought you meant like it makes sense because at some stage she becomes a singer and it look it made sense in my head and let's move on. Rich. Next. I watched a TV show called DC Legends of Tomorrow. I also put that in my eyes. It is a spin-off of Arrow and the Flash. Arrow. Starring people from both shows. Um, well, you know who they are. <laughs> Um, and Arthur Darville as Rick Hunter is the only new character so far. I love him. Um, it was certainly half of a pilot. It was definitely on TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you could watch it and go, well, I'm never watching this again. No. Because you will blatantly watching it like it's a random episode of The Flash and Arrow spin up, which means you can stick with it. But exposition at a time. Yeah, it, it was took very too long to get to certain places. Um, I am scared that every episode will be. Oh, this bloke knows about Vandal Savage. Let's get here. Oh, oh we just missed him. Yeah. Rats. I kind of hope that's their overall arc, but they will have one of adventures and stuff like Monster mm-hmm. of the Week style episodes. I'm torn on it because I really wanted to like it because I love Rip Hunter and I think if Rip Hunter's in anything, that possibly means possibly boost a goal at some yeah. stage, possibly, which I wouldn't know. Um, and I think Arthur Darvel was wonderful. Um, I really liked him because even though he's not as maybe grizzled as Rip Hunter is in the comic, he did seem very knowledgeable of the time stream and very commanding. And you, you could understand why people would, be, would follow him based on the fact that he's got no evidence for what he's yeah. telling them at the start. Um, the but, problem that I have is that... if you're Hawkman and Hawk Girl, you're liable to be like, I'll go along the next time, go win the Black Savage, we hate his face. Um, if you're White Canary, as she's now known, mm-hmm. you might be like, well, fucking hell, my life's a mess. I may as well do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're Professor Stein, yeah. as he is in the show, he's like, yeah, she's a great opportunity for me to like time and travel and woo. Yeah. And then at least with Jax, he's like, what the fuck? I don't do this. Oh, she's mental. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are Captain Cold and Heatwave? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, why not? I don't I, understand. I'm happy that they're in it. Oh yeah, because I mean, Wentworth Millet is yeah. wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But I feel like they should have somehow accidentally ended up travelling back in time with us, mm. and then realised that they can, because there's a bit in it where they go back in time and they get into a bar fight and they're like, hey, I've got, that should have been the moment them going, oh, we should carry on doing this. They just go, well, fuck it, why not? The thing really. that I found odd was that they tried to explain that by saying, oh, but what if we could like go back in time and steal stuff before it's really a thing. Well, it, then it wouldn't be worth like, it. Oh, we could steal the Mona Lisa when he's painted it. No, I wouldn't give a fuck about yeah, it. They'd be like, you've made up this painting, you dickhead. Yeah. Nobody would give a shit. So that, that made very little sense to me. And uh, I have a big problem with White Canary in that I don't think she's a good actress at all. She's better than Laurel. She, she is better than Laurel, but a fine about better than Laurel. Um, and so 
just watching her gallivant around being all sassy and like, ooh, I want to start fighting. Ooh, you know, cool, blimey, wouldn't it be great to kick something in the nads right now? It's like, oh, fuck off, love. Like, and I have a feeling that this is going to be her arc of becoming a better person and getting over the bloodlust and all that shit. Um, also, I, uh, I don't like, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm super sexist right now. Don't really like Hawk, the girl who plays Hawk girl very much either. What? Uh, she's alright. Right, no. She's alright. No, 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 this is the stupidest thing anyone's ever said <laughs> in the history of podcast. Um, <laughs> when you act next to whoever this prick is playing Hawkman, you are fucking Laurent Olivier. Oh, he can't even say terrible. words. Yeah, no, he's terrible. I'll get, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't like the Hawks. I don't know why they're in it. I don't know. <laughs> They're, they seem like... I don't know why they're in Arrow or Flat. They, they seem like the reason that, that, that Vandal Savage can be a thing that we can chase through time. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't mean even that. I don't mean plot-wise why they're in it. I mean, I don't know why anyone thought they wanted to be Hawkman or Girl TV, ever. No. Maybe it's because they're thinking, like, you know, we can't bring in certain people because of the films. They can bring in anyone that's not Batman and Superman related it. because they're not connected universes. Yeah, but, like, they couldn't... Hawkman and Hellcorn are not Flash or Arrow characters. No, but they couldn't just like randomly bring in like Aquaman because yeah, people would be like, where's Caldro? Go or whatever his name is. No, they wouldn't. There's two flashes. Oh, right, yeah, sure. Is there a flash in the movie then? Fuck me. <laughs> I'm terrible at pop culture knowledge. Why do I have a podcast? We had a conversation the way with your friend, no, your friend, our friend, your podcast co host Duncan about Ezra Miller's going to be like a rapey flash because he's a horrible, rapey looking bloke in every film he's ever in. Oh, yes. I completely forgot that. I must have put that out of my brain because I was so concerned with the sheer number of people that are going to be in Batman vs. I don't know if he's in Batman vs. Dawn of Jack. Um, but he's in the Drifted Street films. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, this also stars. One good reason for his existing is more Brandon Rose on TV. Yes, please. Because he's good in it. And he's got a cute little face. Well, he's got a Brandon Rose face, but oh, the fact that. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's easily, like, an absolutely garbage Superman film that he was in. And he, that should have ended a lot of people's careers. And he was playing with a superhero. And he's actually really good at it. So oh, I thought he wasn't. He was a passable Superman. No, he was gar- everything about that no, film was garbage. No, he was fine. It's just, yeah, there was an awful lot of garbage surrounding that movie. I like Man What Plays Vandal Savage. Really? Yeah. I like how Hammy is. He's no, like a proper not Hammy fan, villain. Not a fan of Vandal Savage either. I'm not a fan of him in the comics. And he's a badass when he was like doing a fight in fashion. Randall Savage is a wank character. To be fair, I actually really think... They struggle to have a reason to be in comics anymore. The problem with Vandal Savage is that they're building up as being like the biggest, baddest badass. But then he always gets beaten. And it's like, well, you can't be that great then, can you really? No, it didn't make sense, actually. Cool. They go, oh, we'll throw him back in time, you're and then at one point, what says, oh, I need an outfit. And he's like, oh, I'm at Cisco, and he's an outfit or whatever. I can't believe that where it comes from. But in fact, Cisco sort of lets outfit for her. Yeah. But why didn't you just have an outfit from Ollie? I don't know. Because they've got outfits that Cisco didn't make. Yeah, that's They've true. all got outfits. Like, she would have just used one of Laurel's, or mm. a, it was weird. I don't like Arrow. I don't like Arrow. 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 It's... There's too many flashbacks still to... Yeah, it doesn't need flashbacks, it doesn't need Laurel, it doesn't need, um, I'll be honest, it doesn't need Felicity. It's turned Felicity into a love-struck, doe-eyed, multi face who does IT by going, a clickety-clack, I've just found out everything about yeah. the world in two whole seconds. Anyway, legends of tomorrow. It's well, it's all right. I'm going to keep giving it a quote. The fact that it's pilot, part one, pilot, part two, it's not okay. Mm. 
Um, so it's going to take another couple of episodes to get going. But I look forward to it. And I hope they have random bits where it references characters we've not seen yet, like mm-hmm. uh, Flash did last year, where you're like, oh, we take go to Santa and weird shit like that. That'd be a bit cool. It would. I am all for anything that puts Wally Williams' face on the table. Really? Keep, keep, keep. His name's not Wally Williams. No. Wally Williams, Dan Williams, Shut up. Dad had to find out in the middle of Oh, God, that's the worst. Anyway. <laughs> Shall I talk about it, Tony? Actually, you know, if Mark Williams appeared in Legend of Tomorrow as Rick Hunter's dad, I'd be very happy. That would be amazing. You know, he made Mark Williams, isn't he? I don't know, actually. He's the weasel. He just plays character's dad. No one calls him the weasel. <laughs> no one would call him. Why is Mr. Weasel's name? I was going to say Bill, but that's probably one of the brothers. That's one it? of the brothers. Because it's Bill Percy, Fred and George. Mr. Harry? Harry, Harry Potter's name is Harry. It ain't going to be Harry, is it? Henry? <laughs> that's something. You know when you write a book or a TV show and they go, oh, I don't know people with the same first name twice. Why? How many fucking Richies do we know? <laughs> and Daves? I don't know any of the Richies. I would do. Yeah. Rich Labour. He was rich. You've never met him. Lots of our patients are called Rich. Um, <laughs> I don't call him Rich, but obviously. Yeah, that's really informal. There's like <laughs> at least four people called Matt on our own Facebook. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, there's always some days and... Couple of wars. Yeah, when we're in shows, they're like, oh, he's my mate Brian, and no one else is ever called Brian. <laughs> That's a good point. Anyway. Any Why? I'm going to talk about Tully. Agent Carter came back and it was so good. I want to work it all over. Looking at this train. Um, Agent Carter, that's the thing. That's... I don't even know if I really need to talk about it that much because I've blathered on about Series 1 so much and... There's been two episodes of series two, and already it is just as good as, if not a teensy bit funny. Uh, so I'm. It'll make it better. It does to me, because I like the good thing. Um, yeah, I don't want to. It's another one. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to do a spoil. Um, but it's just like Hayley Atwell is just amazing. Like she always looks. The thing I like about Agent Carter is that she's a character who is very in control and very confident and can do an awful lot of things. But also sometimes she fucks up or has a cry and like she's not a hundred percent flawless poisoned. And I like that really. Um, because it makes her seem more like a human person and that's good. And I love her and Jarvis doing the banter. That's adorable. Fucking name. Yeah. Real name. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a really name. upper class name, hasn't proper, it? Proper English like, name. Farquhar Barnsworth the Ain't or something. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't think anybody's called that. Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, hey, it's cracking and I love it. And oh, the, the, everything about the way it looks is amazing too. I love 50 star hair and outfits. And she wore a jumpsuit at one point that just made me want to no, jump in. No, oh, no, this one was good. Um, and I just, I wish I could have the time and energy to like 50 star hair and I get on too long. And it's Kim effort. I don't know where it's yeah. gone from. She like gets up and he's like, oh, I've got to go and fight the crime. Um, and then she's like, does her hair for three hours first? <laughs> Quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, so I'm digging it. It's you could have at least explained the fact that it's moved. Yeah, it's moved Yeah, and I, I, the thing about stuff like that is I don't really care where it's set because it's not set anywhere that I've ever been. So it's not like, you know how sometimes you watch stuff and you think, oh, oh, I've been there, I've seen that, and it's kind of amazing to you. Like sometimes when you see bits of Cardiff in Torchwood that you're visiting and you're like, oh, I've been there. 
and you get all over excited. I've never got excited watching Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> Mum's been asleep. Fair. Um, but yes, it continues to be cracking. I was scared because the end of the first series seemed very final in the sense of that particular story, and I was a bit concerned that a new story would be shoot all ludicrous. But it's kind of awesome. To be fair, Agent Carter is not a rating series. So, every story they do has to be, this could be the last episode of Agent Carter we ever do. Yeah. Um, But I like it a lot. Thumbs. All of the thumbs. All 23 of them. Well done. So what's the show called Baskets? Ah. Um, Created by Louis C.K. from being Louis C.K. fame. Um, Jonathan Crisell from Portlandia, Tim and Eric, and check it out, we've got this new ball. <laughs> and Zach Galifianakis, who also stars in it as Chip Baskets, who is at a claim school in France trying to be a French clown, but he doesn't speak yeah. French, so he's struggling <laughs> with the class. Yeah. Um, so he decided it's in his best interest to move back home to some part of America. America? Um, I don't know what... It, it must be. Where do they do a lot of rodeo? Yeah. You're getting ahead of yourself there. Yeah. Um, so he asks his French girlfriend to marry him, um, and then she can move to America with him. So she points out that she will, but if she finds someone else that she actually likes, he'll go off with him instead. And he accepts that. So that tells a lot about his character already. Yeah. Um, so he moves back and becomes a rodeo clown. Um, wants to be called Renoir because he wants to be a French clown, but obviously he's a rodeo clown and they tell him that Baskets is a great name. He then, this is the first five minutes, so I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> He then gets a wasp in the helmet of his, when he's driving his um, scooter. scooter and crashes and the insurance woman comes out and like says, oh, I can stop driving places while your scooter's broke. And now apparently um, she, I think she's a bit lonely. She's a bit sad. <laughs> um, so she helps him out. I don't know who I could recommend this to. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I it's feel about really, it. really, really slow. Yeah. Um, the funny bits though were fucking funny, like really there's funny. Like, there's no like gut laughs in No. Like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Mum's played by Louis Anderson for no reason. Um, <laughs> and funny. he does a great job as Mom Baskets, he's an actual name. <laughs> Mom Baskets. Um, he also plays, Zach Gaffnacky's also plays his twin brother Dale, who... Chip and Dale. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, they're called Chip and Dale. Um, also, Zach has this thing when he used to do stand up, he come out as his brother. Like Dave Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. So I think in this show, it's Zach playing Chip Basket, but Zach's fake brother <laughs> playing Dale Basket, because it's the same kind of slightly effeminate voice. Yeah. But got his <laughs> shit together a bit more than Zach. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's what he's doing. <laughs> um, <Back me. laughs> yeah. That's, it, I don't know. I don't know. But that, if, if you like, if you saw Zach Galifianakis stand up, mm-hmm. um, or listen to him on various podcasts, or a really big fan of Between Two Ferns. That's the humour you're getting. <laughs> it's not hangover star humour. No. It's not film humour. Yeah, it's not action packed laughing in it. No, it's very surreal. Like Portlandia, check it out with Steve Portlandia. Um, I really liked it. But I, I can't I say to someone, "What's this? You love it?" Yeah, I think I did. Like I didn't, I didn't dislike it. But I think if I never saw any more of it, I wouldn't be that sad. But similarly. I do want to see more of it. They go, they go through a drive-through, just and all he orders is like sodas that they don't have. Um, so he asks for like a tangerine Fanta and then a tab, and then he ends up with a tap water. 
<laughs> and then because he's in the dri- the passenger seat, he asks if he can talk to the bloke at the driver's seat. Like, he reverses into the thing instead of the swapping. It makes it ridiculous. And then after all that, she scares him and he throws his water on her. Like, it, that's that's the show. That's the humour of the show. It's plastic. Yeah, that's certainly a thing. <laughs> we talked about this briefly last time, but I don't think we finished watching it. Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones. That's not how it seems to work. Yeah, it did. It went out Jones and then it got out. Yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, I was really digging it. Like, super digging it until the last episode. Well, it's a bit anticlimactic. You're really? giving me a funny, funny Oh, you're entirely wrong. Um, so the problem with Jessica Jones is like the middle of three or four episodes when nothing fucking happens. <laughs> um, I don't know whether it was because I felt like previous episodes had been more in your face. Um, I feel like the final sort of showdown with Kilgrave, there are going to be was very like, he sort of threw Luke Cage out. And that was exciting to watch. But I felt like there should be more psychological stuff because we were really starting to see just how fucking delusional and creepy Kilgrave was about their relationship. Like he genuinely thought he could get her to love him, which is fucking mental. Um, but it, it felt like after, after he'd sort of thrown Luke Cage out, there was like, three minutes when they were having a bit of a chat and then he let his guard down and then the end and I was like, oh, and um, What do you want? Fucking Transformers at the end. <laughs> no. What I wanted was a bit more psychological back and forth I think him practically saying I'm just gonna rake your best friend right in front of you right now. <sighs> That's grim. Yeah. He's grim. Yeah, he's scary, isn't he? Bit odd to be watching that and then immediately watch episodes of the Turtles where he plays a cutesy robot that helps them fly through the galaxy. Yeah, he's quite um, a third for David Turner. I like him a lot. Except in that one football thing he did where he had a terrible accent all the way through. Oh, he's to be, um. It was a Munich, the uh, Munich, but he was playing a Welsh person who I really should remember his name. He was like a coach or something. Yeah, he was a coach for years and the Munich crack up. And he was Welsh, and he was, he was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Welsh is an accent. Because his English accent pretty good. Yeah. So, while you look at him with his natural Scotch accent, his good English accent, and then go, you can tell him off, bloke. You can do a Welsh. Oh, that's going to piss me off. I shouldn't know that name. Anyway, I'm really excited, though, for more uh, Luke Cage scenario. Because I love him. I can keep going. I've got a scene him and Jessica might possibly see her through a day just a brief. Possibly. I like the fact that Night Nurse made a brief. Yeah, because she should there. really. Because, yeah, she really should. Yes, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just felt like, I don't know what, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. I just felt like the ending should have been a bit more, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. never going to be a tight, was it? No, I knew that, but I wanted it to be like a sort of psychological warfare. Yeah, but that was the whole series. I guess. This, this, this show never had the, the let up that Daredevil had where you'd have a random episode where it was like, oh, we just need to beat the blood there. Mm-hmm. Or like a couple of episodes where we can take it a bit different. Now, this was literally her getting mentally destroyed every single episode by the same, you know, from the same uh, form of abusive relationship she was in. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't at the end then go, let's pass some more on for Stace. <laughs> just for Stacey Town. Uh, all right, yeah, you I, I think the big issue this show had was I think Daredevil only had 10 episodes and this had 13 and didn't do 13. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Just because she can doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> yeah. 
Whereas, like, Dead Devil Series 2 is apparently got like a Punisher in, and I'm like, yeah, that's that. I'm excited. Like Punisher's a good idea, and then maybe get a Punisher show, and that picks up. I think that it stands, you've got Dead Devil 2 coming out, then Luke Cage. Yeah. And Jessica Jones too has been committed. Is there an Iron Fist related thing? Yeah, but there's some things that the movie might steal him instead. Yeah. They want him in Doctor Strange scenario. I'm not sure where that went. There's been a casting news this week on that, hasn't there? No idea. Benedict Wong is going to be one. And everyone went, look, you know, Benedict, like Benedict Cumberbatch. And also, he's playing Wong. Oh, it's like fake. Except it's not as like casting. Benedict should be in it. Anyway. Yeah, and then I see they put it on this TV show because I'm Christian Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. But this kind of separate Netflix universe has been set up. It should have a Moon Knight show instead. It really should, and I would watch the shit and it, out it of that. It shouldn't be the Moon Knight that is actually possessed by a weird god. It should be the one that thinks that the god is talking to him, that he's just fucking mental. Who wrote the bunch of Moon Knight that started well, about. Was that last year yeah. or the year before? Yeah, yeah those first few issues. That yeah, then he left and it was shit. Yeah, but I, I would love a Moon Knight show set in this Netflix universe. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Why aren't you the chief executive of whatever so he gets to make decisions? I don't know. I don't know anyone in the world. They didn't know the one you know. Okay. Would you work? Some of them. No, I agree. That would be amazing. But yeah, I like this to go. It's good. Thumbs? Yeah. Yeah. Stop showing films to the microphone. Everyone can tell I'm doing it somehow. So, I watched series three of Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, mm-hmm. which series three was just called Todd Margaret. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I think the first episode was called Todd, and then it went from there to the last episode was called Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. Um, it's weird because it's technically a sequel and a reboot to the first two series. Right. But if you've never watched Todd Margaret, the first series was this guy, he's a temp at a big company. Yeah. And, um, played by David Cross, and his boss, Brentwell, played by Will on it, is like, fucking promotion you, get over to England, sell Thunder Muscle, our energy drink, fucking brilliant. <laughs> I forgot it was called Thunder Muscle. Right, everything goes wrong from there, like, He's, he's he's put up in these supposedly fancy apartment, but he's in essence in a proper dive where I think there's dog shit on the floor and all this kind of blah blah blah. Um, his only employee like called Dave, but you know nothing about like like Harrison in between us. Um, and then as it transpires over those two series, it, like Harrison's character is the son, massive spoiler, is the son of a ridiculously wealthy man. So he gets to a bar in America, tries to chat with this woman, and then I think went on it and. David Cross and appear and like insult them for being English and they get off with his woman instead of him. So he hates them immediately. <laughs> and plots all this against them to ruin their lives. Um, <laughs> if, at some point, I think David Cross is sick on the monument on Remembered Sunday <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> and the series two, something with John Hamm, playing John Hamm, he's the butler of Black Harry for Dave. And at the end of it, um, Todd Margaret in North Korea pressing the button to end the world. <laughs> So his decisions were pretty poor. <laughs> so you're like, how can you have a series three um, when he's ended the world at the end of series two? Well, it starts off and um, it's Todd Margaret with a full head of hair and beard <laughs> going, he's a high flying executive and he goes over to America. Um, he's in America, he goes back over to England to help this company out. Um, Spot Jones played a character called Doug in the first two series, which is now played by Jack McBride. So that's a. Ah, Jack McBride! Um, but he's successful. Tom Margaret is doing well, 
But then here again, you have flashbacks to what he thinks was a dream he had, which is the first two series. Um, and then, like, one day, um, they go, oh, he's a new employee, Dave. And he's like, he just doesn't trust him. And everyone's telling him that this Dave is the son of the bloke who owns the company, who's like, Lord, whatever. But he keeps ignoring those signs and thinks Dave's up for something. When Dave's actually purely innocent, he's just got his job because his dad gave it to him and he's trying his best to help out. Um, he really trusts Alice, played by Sharon Horgan, because in the first two series she was in Logitech. In this series, I'm not going to spoil it because it's a massive twist with her, but he shouldn't. Um, and then it gets weirder from that. There's, there's a cult in it that's really strange. Um, he ends up in Camera again at one point. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you make it in a fourth series? I doubt it. Um, the ending doesn't make it seem like it does. Um, also, for some reason, there's six episodes of this series three, and they were both aired on two separate nights. Oh, yeah, that's weird. They were both aired, they were all aired on two separate nights. Um, so it was over very quickly. Hmm. But it was really good, and David Cross yeah. is always good in it. I remember watching, I think, series one with you. I don't remember much of series two. I feel like I should catch series up. Series one, he ended up transporting a bus for some, bomb for some terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally. And then see we get see two end up going to North Korea and signing it for a while. Oh dear. That's not a thing you want to do. And all you're just trying to sell some Thunder Muscle with Steve Davis. Thunder Muscle. Do you know if you tried to sell me Thunder Muscle, I'd probably want it. I think at one point you find that Thunder Muscle is actually like a nuclear accelerant as well. It's a mental show. Yeah. People should watch it if you like weird David Cross stars in the movie. Am I right in thinking that at least the first series is on it? I think that's series on it. I don't think it's like a big show ever. Yeah. And the fact that it has got some of the people in it is quite impressive. Yeah. But no, I remember liking a lot of what I saw, so I feel like I should And there's it. a really decent through joke. In the first two series, um, this character Doug is played by Clyde Jones. He's trying to investigate what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a bit obsessed with Sherlock Holmes and where like a deer stuff. <laughs> so in, two, in the third series, which is Jack McBrayer, you keep seeing stuff like Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock Holmes, but all the captions are shit. Because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. Oh, so, I love Jack McBrayer. What have I watched recently with him? I feel like I've seen him recently. He didn't like the play there. It might be that. Oh, I don't know, I'm terrible at work. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I should watch that. But Tom Margaret, yeah. Increasingly yeah. poor decision with Tom Margaret. Cool. Um, I've run out of telly, so I'm going to talk about a comic. That's okay. with you, unless you've got any more telly. Sure. Cool. I read the first two issues of a comic called Scar. I want to say that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled F K A R. No, Scar. 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 Coral. Um. Coral. <laughs> it's by Jenny Gilbert. I know I'm saying that wrong because I feel like now I feel like if I was to properly try and say it Swedish style, it'd be like Hubla or something. But I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, Jenny. I love Jenny. She's amazing. The book is, it's set in sort of an Arabian-inspired fantasy land. So it's all very deserty and hutty and stuff. But the characters are all like really fancily adorned with like swooshing materials and beautiful gems and jewellery. And I'm gesturing a lot. I should stop. It's absolutely straight up stunning to look at. Jenny does a cracking job at arts anyway. But she also, this book in particular, is, is watercolour painted by hand. And it's just, I mean, the cover alone is, it just makes me want to give it a lick. 
but it's gorgeous. Nothing is really gorgeous. That was comic. What is there any print? No. <laughs> and uh, all the interior art's the same as well. There are a couple of um, black and white pages that are sort of denoting flashbacks or dreams or what have you. And I don't want to say too much more about the actual plot because it would give a lot away and I don't want to do that. So I think you should go on for the books. The first two issues are out. There's, um, I don't know how you say this, a Patreon? Patreon. Yeah. That you can give some dollars to if you want to. Uh, that will help her produce you know more. Do what her website is all coming from? It's, uh, it's, it's certainly a website. Damn it. I put the book away as well. Cheat. Um, what did you make notes for? I did make notes, but it was all about how gorgeous and intricate and beautiful the art was on the inside. Sorry, Jenny. It's, um, no, it's about a, a bird who, who has visions. Um, and she sees things that perhaps some people are not too keen on having seen. And that's all I'm going to say on that matter. It's gorgeous, like, like stunning. Gorgeous. Je- Jenny's somebody who should be doing art in, like, all of the famous books. Because she's cracking and... I don't think that would work. I think part of them would work for an Pretty sure there's about 360 books out and weak. Yeah, that might be a few too many. Yeah. Um, it's lush is what I'm trying to say, and I would like to see more of it, but I, <laughs> I understand that it probably takes a really fucking long time. Do an internet search for Skull. I'm sure you'll find it. Or okay, well, you could just put um, some notes in the podcast. I could put some notes in the podcast. I might do that as well, just so you can find things. Um, and get it, because it's amazing, and I love it, and I'm all over it like what I was. Come on. So, as you know, I don't... DC is a big part of wank, and... <laughs> They're doing a reboot soon, but that means I'll probably just stop reading DC books. Um, it'll be easier. Because they don't do anything. Harley Quinn's passable at the moment. And yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, I took over Christmas to actually start seeing what stuff from all the all different Marvel I actually like. Mm-hmm. And there's actually quite a lot of decent, but a lot of it is, you know, Squirrel Girl, everyone knows that's good, and Deadpool is good, and Marvel is good. Um, but two that surprised me are first one, anyway, is Web Warriors, which is by Mike Costa and art by David Baldion, Jason Keith and Scott Hanna. Mm-hmm. Which, in essence, loads of different spider people from different okay. universes yeah. go through different universes to, like, fight Spider-Man baddies. Oh. Is that a spin-off of the thing Spider-verse. that happened recently? Yeah. Yes. With all the... So you've got Spider- Spider-Man UK from Earth, H33, who used to be in Captain Britain Corps, he's the leader, who yeah. has got all the stuff and he's going like, well, there is stuff and yeah, UK and things like that. Does yeah. like UK. Does he say cool blind? You've got Spider-Ham, Peter Porker in the team, obviously. He doesn't look Mayday Parker, who is the original major spoiler girl. Um, Anya Corazon, who was her Anya, who is now oh, yeah. normal universe spoiler girl. Um, Spider Gwen, who I think most people know Spider Gwen is now. Which is what's the universe, Gwen Stacy, who didn't die and become a spider instead. And you've got, um, I think this is racist, I'm not sure. But Pavita Prabhaka, who is an Indian Spider-Man from Earth, um, right. 50101, but he's got magical powers as opposed to, like, Doesn't he wear, like, slightly racist trousers as well, if I'm thinking? Yeah. 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 Is there such a thing as slightly racist trousers? Obviously there is. Um, Anyway, so the, the art has probably been through for a few moments, and an Electro from a different universe has been made about these different universes, and he's collecting them for Electro. Ooh. So 
the story. Um, the first issue, they're fighting a really inept Doctor Octopus and I think Rhino and maybe a Sandman. Mm. And you find out they're in the animated Spider-Man universe. <laughs> so like, none of the villains are actually lethal and they're all a bit shit. <laughs> so they go there to practice. Um, and then when they go, like, they're bullying on the weak kids. But then when they leave, like the actual spy- animated Spider-Man, like comes to the death, he's like, "You need to come out, so That's pretty decent start. And um, from there, I, I really like it. I think the art's really good. Um, I've not read a lot of Spider stuff in the past couple of years because I don't know. <laughs> it's just I remember someone was saying to me, like, name ten great Batman story arcs, and you list off quite easily great story arcs, and then people go name. Five good Spider-Man story arcs, and you go, wow, that Kraken's last up was alright. <laughs> I don't think I read that. Um, and it, it's weird because Spider-Man, he's yeah. just as famous as everybody, you know, he's just as famous as Superman and Batman. And, yeah. But Iron Man has more arcs, and Captain America has more arcs. But Spider-Man, it's weird, and you tend to read Spider-Man because it exists. Mm. And now the, there's a mini Spider-Man, it's not really a reboot, but there's a comic called Spidey. It's an essence for new readers, but what it's doing is retelling stories but not changing what happened. So, okay. So it'll be like, oh, this is every from Spider Man, this is his every new voice from Green Robin. So the characters will be the same, it's not like you're ultimate where they're different. But it's like, oh, yeah, updating it a little bit. And I think that's not a bad idea. Because the Spider Man universe becomes so convoluted. <laughs> do people know who he is? Do people not know who he is? Is J. Jonathan Jameson his villain or his uncle or whatever he is nowadays? <laughs> like, so much going on, yeah. and so like these web warriors, it's people who are, you know, they all, it's, it's the start of a story. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Martin Rallis, who's nearly one of the Avengers team. When he finally gets his own book, that'll be his own story. And I quite like that, because I always liked Spidey. Yeah, I, I was quite an avid Spidey reader up until Brand New Day, and it wasn't necessarily that storyline that killed it for me, but it was the fact that at the time there was like, Friendly Neighbourhood and Sensational Spidey and that and some of the like little mini series oh, what, what, and then they stopped doing Amazing Spider-Man monthly and started doing it like no, weekly like, what they really and then was, I was like my wallet you had four <laughs> Spider-Man comics and even if you read all four of them there were four different stories going on hmm. and then you had one crossover and you brought all this one and then they cancelled all of them just for Amazing Spider-Man three times a month and you go oh, I don't care yeah. I don't want to read the same story you know, all you're doing is making that one book last three books now yeah and it put a lot of people off, and Brand New Day was fucking garbage. Yeah, but. it was. I did start picking it up again, I think properly, around about the storyline with um, Doc Ock doing a swap. Yeah, I read, I read a lot of that. Um, be- just because I was intrigued as to where that was going to go, it was mostly because of the fan reaction, like, you can't do this. I was like, ooh, what's he doing? Stand stop. You can't make Spider Woman pregnant. You can. Absolutely, why not? Backward. Um, I'm really behind on Marvel Comics, so I haven't started any of the post-Secret Wars that haven't actually finished yet. It has Still. <laughs> Voila. Um, but I will get on it at some stage. I just The problem for me is that I feel like there's too many Spidey-based titles, there's too many Avengers-based titles, there's too many X-Men-based mm-hmm. titles. Not many X-Men titles, to uh, No, but there's still tons, and I feel like I can't... And this is mostly to do with me rather than the comics. It's just I've got a terrible memory for stuff. And so if I'm reading a book with mostly the same characters as another book, they're I'm going to get those They're not confused. that. They're, they're really obvious there. They're all different teams. And they're very obviously different teams. It's not like you've got Avengers, and it's Captain America, Iron Man, and, I don't know, Vulcan. And the next one is Captain America, Iron Man, and Ms. Marvel. They're, they're entirely different teams. Yeah. 
it's really easy to tell the difference between all of that. Well, you need to start reading books weekly then instead of waiting until you've got like three months worth of books and going, <laughs> I don't know what I meant, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the other Marvel one I really like and was surprised by is Vision. I've heard so many good things because about it. It's written by Tom, no, not because it's written by, but it is written by Tom King with art by Gabrielle Hernandez, Walter, and Georgie Belair. Oh, could Georgie Belair? Um, I assume. You got me, here's a book about vision, right? I'm going to be like, uh, like the red tornado book in it. Yeah. Some yeah. robot stuff. And it'll be in fights with a robot. Oh, I really have feelings. Yeah, and <laughs> it'll be really fucking boring and mm. he'll punch another robot and that'll be it. But in this, he, it's about vision, his wife Virginia, his daughter Viv, and his son Viv. That's a lot of these. They get moved into, or they choose to move into a house in a little, very suburban, um, suburban area, rural maybe, I don't know, where people hate them because they're robots and, or androids or whatever they are. Um, so it's like that hint of like racism going on because of what they are. Um, you also can't work out, the vision is very sinister in there, yeah. and so is his wife. <laughs> And they like to each other a lot about various things that are going on. And without doing any massive spoilers, there's an issue, I think it's the end of issue one or two, where his wife does something and then he tiny lies about it to him, that it's a horrible thing that she did. Yeah. And you're like, she's really creepy. And it seems really creepy. Because all the covers are like these, um, lovely picture fox family photos almost. Like the first cover is like them standing on the house waving, they're doing what it's like, really, and then you make the book. There's just a sinister air at the book. Hmm. It could turn into actually one. Any book could turn into one. But then there's like Vision's in an Avengers team, and there's no reference to this book in that. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that stick like that for now. This is like here's a story about Vision family. That would be good. Yeah, I'm getting a bit tired of all the constant either rebooting or crossing the boat place, just because it's hard to follow. And I feel like you know this news about DC possibly doing another reboot in the summer. It's just like, I don't feel like they've given anything they've just started enough of a chance to do anything or go anywhere. But, have you have seen the timing of it? No. All, you know the new 52? Yeah. All those books have issue 52 out and then they'll get cancelled. Okay. This has been planned from the day dot, hasn't it? Really? Right. Why? Why bother? Like, I understand in a reboot when you had Crisis. In the mid 80s, because it was convoluted as fuck, and so you go, you know what, there's an Earth 2, that old, and we'll carry on. Mm -hmm. And then you look at even, I mean, like Infinite and Final Crisis, Final Crisis, the old one, and there were years, you know, 15 years later, maybe, maybe 20, and now it's like every couple of three years, like yeah. reboot, 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 new number one. They're just not called Crisis. Like, even with Marvel this year, there's like, or last year, Squirrel Girl, and I think Miss Marvel, and another book, had two number ones. Yeah. So it's like, here's t 2015 Squirrel Girl number one, the second time. Oh, she's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't see the need to have to reboot everything at the same time. Yeah. And maybe if you didn't have so many books. You could put some, give out some time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And then there's a point where I don't know what's supposed to be anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm confused. You pick up Detective Comics uh, and Bruce Wayne Batman. And then you read Batman and Jim fucking Gordon Batman. Nonsense. And then you read Harley Quinn and the Joker's in it. And then you read, I don't know, like 
Batgirl or Batwoman and the Joker's an evil spirit from the 1300s. You don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any real sense. I feel like the books either need to be one uniform universe with the same continuity or nothing of it is the same. Well, when early 2000s, mid-2000s, you had Batman, you had Detective Comics, mm-hmm. and they ran parallel to each other. Then you had Legends of the Dark Knight, which was very clear. Here's early Batman stories. So in essence, you knew you were getting, you knew the outcome wouldn't change the universe. Yeah. You just keep fighting certain things, and that's where you got like the, the the reimagined origins of some bad villains, but it doesn't change who they are. But then now you, I don't know, I don't know who was who. Even if I'm reading my the same books. Yeah. I don't know why they stopped doing the sort of Elseworlds stuff. If you want to tell stories outside of the current continuity, why don't you just do call, call it Elseworlds and then done. Or in the last it was like all the universes are back, you can tell whatever story you like, but they don't tell you that's what's happening. Yeah. You just go, you look in a shop and you go, oh, here's all the Batman comics. I don't know what's what. Yeah. It's and that's what I need to make then. They could easily have like a line of 20 comics a month tops. This is the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And everything else could be what ifs or Elseworlds or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Do you know what would be really helpful? Is if they had, like, a, just even a little thing on the cover to say, this one's from Earth 7. Yeah. This one's from Earth 53. Well, it's like the one 52, but, you know. Like, just so that you know, okay, this isn't the continuity from Earth 1, us. You know, this. Yeah. I'm trying to fix DC Comics, and that's probably... Just like the biggest Marvel as well. It's, well, yeah, that's true. It's the same. And there's Marvel... I like a lot of Marvel books at the moment, but in... in Six months. That will be convoluted again, and you won't know what's actually supposed to be real and what isn't. Yeah, I'll just keep reading it. It's like the, <laughs> the worst thing that they've done recently is the new origin of Mr. Freeze. is horrible. Oh no, what's that? He's just a creepy fucker who got obsessed with the corpse. Yeah. yeah. He got obsessed with that frozen woman, and he, well, he didn't he reach before oh, he froze his wife to try and cure save her and cure her. No, he's just a fucking weirdo now. Excellent. Anyway. anyway. What else you Um, I actually didn't write anything else down because I only read a couple of things yesterday. Um, and a lot of them are things that I always talk about. So, like, you know, Mid Marvel okay. continues to be great, Deadpool continues to be great. Um, I'm enjoying Transformers Things of the Wreckers. It's a, a lot like the thing I like and, but, and dislike about Transformers comics at the same time is that they're really wordy. So, on the one hand, it takes me quite a long time to read them, I feel like I've got my money's worth. But on the other hand, sometimes I get confused because there's a lot of word balloons of skewing the robots, and I've already spoken about how robot blind I am and robot racist. Because if you're not bright red or bright yellow, I don't think I'm going to remember which robot you are. <laughs> Maybe you should pay more attention. No, I try. I really try, but it's really hard. Put, it's it's slagging, a, a lot of them. Like my favorite I haven't seen <laughs> No, a lot of them are very similar looking in the sense that a lot of them are just silver, or a lot of them are like mostly purple or yeah there's I'm stupid is what I'm trying to say here and so I struggle and I feel like when you're obscuring a lot of the robots with all the words I have yeah. yeah. I should try paying more attention I think <laughs> yeah that's pretty much me I think on comics well first I started reading I Hate Fairyland by Scott Young and John Francois Bellew Bolu Bolu whatever I like it. Um, this girl called Gert who wants Gert. to go to Fairyland and she's like, yeah, Fairyland, yeah, I want to go to Fairyland. Also, how in Fairyland, 
think she's going to die, gets there, breaks like a face, and like, oh no, oh, this is fucking terrible. And Queen Claudia is like, aha, you can go home if you find the key with these riddles and blah, blah, blah. And she gets given this weird, uh, like, give me your style companion called Larigon Wentworth the third. Yes. Um, yes. And she immediately hates, and then it's like 27 years later. <laughs> and she's still there. Oh, Because <laughs> um, she's crap at it and she hates everyone and she just starts murdering stuff quite violently. Um, oh, yeah. um, because there's these, these rulers where I wear, Queen Claudia is like the most powerful person there, but she can't harm her because of the rules of Fairyland. She's a guest no. and all this stuff, so she can't really stop her from doing all this, and she just hates it. And the bit where um, she's blatantly frustrated there because she looks still like a 10 year old because she's in Fairyland, so she hates that fact. Um, yeah, I can't really say that I don't spoil it, but it's brilliant, and the art's fantastic. Um, I believe Scott Young inks it or pencils it, and then um, it's dressed in by Grand Francois or all the way around, I don't know. But it's best, I mean, the, the Scott Young all covers are great, and it's hilarious. He always does a cracking cover. I want to read this. I heard Nick talking about it on the other shows a while ago, actually, and I meant to say, see, let's investigate. Because um, I love Scott Young. And I'm basically all over anything he wants to do. <laughs> Until he releases something I hate, and then I'm like, oh, it's not. Yeah, I do too, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I am going to read it. I have nothing to add to it, but I'm going to read it. Read it. 10 out of 10. Thumbs out of thumbs. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'll put some thumbs by it. Um. The only other thing I was going to vaguely like talk about was how much Pocket Mortals take on over my life. I've never played a Pokemon style game before, and when it was announced that there was going to be a Pokemon style Rick and Morty game where you travel around alternate universes and, and, and collect Mortys, I was like, this isn't, that's not really that good. I'll, I'll give it a go, but it's not, it's not really that good. I'm so addicted. It's ludicrous. Uh, it's funny. And it, really it really appeals to my need to like have everything because <laughs> it's quite repetitive in terms of the actual like gameplay well, Pokemon games are just a bit collecting every Pokemon but yeah I was going to say but that's the thing it appeals to the the, the collecting can you get shoe? Huh? Can you, get you shoe? can't collect oh. shoe now unless there's a shoe multi I haven't come across yet there's a lot of weird multis um, I've collected about 15 multis now I'm quite impressed with myself um, and uh what I didn't realise for like the first week, because I was playing it whilst we were like watching telly or whatever, um, is that the music on it is wonderful because it's like eight bit chip tuny style versions of like songs from the show, and it's not just like the main theme and stuff. It's like um, Goodbye Moon Men from the episode with Jermaine Clement it, and like Do You Feel It by Cows Cows at one point, and um, and it's all a bit top tits really, and I'm. Addicted. Help me. <laughs> the only thing I will say is that a lot of people are trying to appeal to them to make it like an online gaming thing so you can battle your friends, and I feel like I might lose a lot of friends. <laughs> because I tend to, when I'm playing it, uh, I tend they to shout things in my I tend to shout things in my head whilst I'm playing, like, take that, you geriatric fuck, as I'm like murdering a geriatric mortal. So, um, I could, yeah, I think I would lose quite a lot of friends if that happened. Or, They'd relentlessly beat me and I'd go, which is more likely because I'm terrible at it. I get beat more. <laughs> but it's good though. 
recommend it if you like Pokemon then collect some more easy. Well if you don't like Pokemon or we can mine. Well then I wouldn't bother. It's free though, so maybe I'll give it a quarrel. There you go. I don't usually talk about games. I don't know how to review games. Especially games that are easy. Like you just pick attacks and hit things and hope not to get hit hard enough. Not easy. I think you think some games are far too complex. That's all you do in games. You just press the same button over and over again. Yeah, but sometimes you get properly attacked by things that make me shit myself. But anyway, got any more teams for review? No. Oh. Well, that's short. We talked about a lot of things. Yeah, though, of all. So it's acceptable. Hey, Rich. If people want to talk to you on the internet. I would rather. <laughs> but if they really want to. No, they don't. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I retweet so stuff more than actual tweets. Fair enough. I'm addicted to Twitter. I've tweeted far too many tweets. Yeah. I've said that I've tweeted too much. I think I've just got to like 4,000 tweets. My, I reckon at least 7,000 of them retweet. My personal account has just over 22,000 tweets. Mm-hmm. And my podcast account, which I only started a couple of months ago, has a bit of favour. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being with too much time on my hands yeah, on the books. Fair enough. Don't don't find Rich on the internet. He's apparently terrible at it. Um, but if you want to find me, uh, I am at Stacey's Parlour on the Twitters. Um, or you can what else am I? Oh, there's a Facebook group, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour, if you want to join in for that. You can send me an email at stacysparlour at gmail.com or go and buy a shirt that has my face on it and some of them have Duncan's face on it also at spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk and if you would like to leave reviews on iTunes or the UK Podcast Directory or other places where you get podcasts that you're allowed to leave reviews, that would be lovely because announcement. I'm officially going to be doing the 24-hour live charity show again this July. You same. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know why, aside from the fact that it was kind of gratifying. <laughs> but um, already I'm shitting myself because I've sent out loads of invitations to come on the show and like, like three people have responded and, and I haven't officially booked any of them in yet so I can't really announce them. But um, yeah, that's going to happen. And so I would like to try and Embiggerise, uh, embiggen my listenership, and um, before then, so that more people will hear it and donate money. And um, this year it's going to be for the Alzheimer's Society. So, um, yeah, keep an ear out. Um, I on the Twitter feed and that's I'll be announcing guests and whatnot shortly. Possibly. I think that's it. Bye, Bye. guys. Yeah.